thank you, Pastor Abel, for that beautiful, special number. And uh, once again, uh, good evening, everyone, and Happy New Year. How was your New Year? It's new, of course, right? <laughs> thank you for that beautiful answer. You know, I was so blessed uh, this morning, one of our... Um, uh, daily bread, you know, devotion. You know, I, I read my daily bread, you know, or listen to my car. And this is like, you know, I, I thought that's the uh, uh, Philippians 3, 13 to 14 is one of the, one of my favorite thing that I can share in the new year. You know, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are before. But in uh, Isaiah 43, Verses 18 to 21 was a beautiful verse also. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall ye not know it? I will even make a way into the wilderness and river in the and desert. The beasts of the field shall honor me, the dragons, the owl, because I gave waters in the wilderness and rivers and desert to give drink to my people my chosen one. So, yeah, but that's not the verse, that's not our lesson tonight. I just want to share it to you just in case you miss your uh, daily devotion this morning. It's not, it's not too late yet. You can do it tonight. But, but the Bible encourages us to, to read our Bible day and night in our life. So, before we go to our study, let's uh, go to Lord in prayer. Okay, and then I will continue our study tonight. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Our gracious God and loving Father, tonight, Lord, we come before thy throne. Oh, Lord, uh, yes, I uh, ask that you will hide me behind thy cross tonight, oh, Lord, as I um, lead this group, oh, Lord. I pray, Lord, that the word that comes out from my mouth, it will come from you, oh, Lord. And the word that I use, that I use, oh, Lord, it will be a blessing to each every one of us. Lord, once again, I ask forgiveness, Lord, from all the sins that I have committed. Lord, I pray, Lord, that I won't be worthy, Lord, being here in, the, in your pulpit, O oh Lord, if I don't confess my sin, O oh Lord, if I hide anything that uh, would hinder me, Lord, to preach thy word. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and mercy to us, and thank you, Lord, for another year that we can face, Lord, in our life. And I pray, Lord, as we face this new year, may you give us, Lord, a uh, boldness, uh, big challenges in our life that we can um, share the word of God to other people. Thank you for your love and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So obviously it's right there. My title of my message is Resolution We Need to Make for the New Year. Alright, so as we op let's open our Bibles in Matthew chapter 5. You know, I remember when I was studying this, we have a beautiful lesson for a men's Sunday school, right, for the book of Matthew. Okay, and I've learned something from our teachers, from Brother Bobby, Brother um, uh, June, all right, from this. But, uh, all right, let's uh, read chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 43 to 48. Okay, the Bible says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, thou, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. 
for he maketh his son to rise on the, on the evil and the good on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and unto a just. For it for if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not uh, do not even the publicans the same. And if ye salute your brethren, only what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. You know, in this verse, you can see there are things that it's hard to do, right? <laughs> All right, we will go to them. We will go to them uh, and later on. So again, we are in another year. Uh, we're going to be uh, one year older again, God willing, right? Okay, uh, so many of us are looking forward to celebrate their birthdays, and some of us are not looking forward anymore because it's just going to add numbers in our age, okay? So many of us also will make a New Year's resolution, and probably most of us already made one or some, okay? And I hope and pray that we will keep them. Okay, so how many of you have already made your New Year's resolution? Please don't raise your hand. All right. So this is what um, <clears throat> typical New Year's resolution. They said you have to eat less and exercise more. Okay, spend less and save more. Stop smoking. Stop drinking. Stop sinning. And of course, the big one is what? Lose weight, all right? Those are very typical New Year's resolution. So here are a few less serious resolutions that I would like to share to you. One says, I have resolved not to do drugs anymore because I get the same effect, just standing up really fast. Says, I have resolved to, to leave my own little world because at least they know me here. I have resolved to stay married, okay, this is a good one, because it is so great to find that one special person you want to annoy for the rest of your life. Is that true, husband? Husband, okay. I have resolved to make my, anyone, my any resolution, he says, because nobody is, is perfect. I am nobody, so therefore I am perfect. <laughs> so what is a resolution? You know, every, every year, you know, we make this our, say, oh, Lord, I will be like this. Lord, I will be like that. So what is a resolution? A resolution is about what you would like to do, rather what you should do. People either establish excessively difficult objectives that quickly become unreachable, or they set relatively easy goals that they quickly become bored with and easy to quit. It's critical to review your resolutions to see if they're achievable. Are they quantifiable? Are they constrained by time? Are they specific in nature? Are they in line with your goals? It is possible to break them down in chunks. It is possible to achieve them within the time frame you, you're set. And remember that it's in order to keep a resolve, you must change your behavior to make sure your goals are reasonable. So I have four things tonight, okay? So it's a new year. I always have three points, but today it's a new year. 
So I will make a resolution to make four points every time I preach here in the, in the pulpit. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, what type of resolution should we make and keep? All right, as we read in our, in our verse, okay, in Matthew 5, 43 to 48. So uh, Christ asked us to do something that is very difficult. Not only we ought to love our enemies, that's very hard. But also we ought to pray for them, right? We have, have you ever truly prayed for someone you have hurt? I mean, who has hurt you? Physically or emotionally, have you ever really prayed for them? Is it hard enough to love them but ask God to bless them seems so much? God created all, pe all his people in his own image, both the good and the bad. So before you were saved, someone maybe has prayed for you. You never know that maybe someone you hurt before. You know, someone you said something to them that hurts their feeling. Or maybe, you know, in the Philippines, we, if you go to the different uh, barrio, what they call it, and if they don't know you there, they, they, will, they will really fight you. You know, like say, what are you doing in my town? Something like that. So they maybe they have prayed for your salvation and for blessings for you. It is maybe because of that prayer and love that you are Christian today. Do you believe that? I do believe that. Amen. Amen. Because of the love, maybe because of that prayer, you are saved today. Because of that love of our Father in heaven and the acceptance of Jesus Christ as Savior, we are the sons and daughters of God. We are to, uh, to act differently than the world's act. You know, today the world is going crazier and crazier. We are to set an example and show the light, the love of Jesus Christ in us. But he calls us his sons and daughters. So this new year, this new year, let us make a resolution that we will, we will love everyone and pray for his or her salvation. That's very easy, isn't it? You know, um, I heard a song, I, I can pray. You know that you know he said that he can't do anything in the church, but he can pray. He can pray. You know he can't preach, he can teach, he can't clean the thing, but he can pray. That's a, that's a that's a good thing. So now, when Jesus said everyone, he means just that male and female, young and old, all skin colors and cultures, all religions, all cults, and righteous and the unrighteous. There are none that we are not loved to pray and love them. You know, we are not to love the sin in this person's life, but we are to love that person. You know, you may say, oh, I don't like that person. He didn't even do anything to you. You don't like him at all. Because, you know, God created him just as God created you. You know, so this new year, make a resolution to make, to love everyone that you meet and pray for them. Amen. Even though just, you just, you know, walk across to them. You know, I will pray for this person. As a matter of fact, just pray everyone that you see or that you can think of. All right? Number two, I'll be real quick. Make a resolution to love your spouse. Amen? Amen. Is that very hard? <laughs> Is that hard to do? Husbands, okay? Let me start with the husbands. 
Okay, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27, the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might be sanctified and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself as a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such things, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So husbands, the Bible tells us a lot about marriage and divorce. But I'm not here to get into that topic tonight, okay? I'm not here tonight to, 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 do, to discuss the divorce. <clears throat> How much does Christ love the church? How much does Christ love the church? He loved the church enough that he took all of our sins and carried them in the old rugged cross where he willfully died for us. So I can't think of any higher love than that. Christ suffered greatly hanging on that cross, you know, until he gave up his last breath. It was my sins and your sins that nailed Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago. So this was true love. In the same way, we are to love our wives next to God. Our wives must be the most important things in our lives. You may say, you don't know my wife, Brother Robert. You know, she is impossible. She is incredible. Man, we are the same. Amen, Amen wives, ladies? We need to remember that God loves us unconditionally, and that love never fails, nor does he ever divorce us. We are to love our wives the same way, unconditionally and forever. This new year, Man, make a resolution to love your wife as Christ loved the church. You know, my coworker always says, it's cheaper to keep her. <laughs> it's cheaper to keep her. They said the divorce this today is like, you'll see it's 399 divorce, right? But every time you talk to the lawyer, it charges you more than that. So that's why they say it's easier. It's easy. I mean, it's cheaper to keep her. <laughs> okay? Number two. Uh, okay, wives. Okay. I, I, I talked to the husbands already. Now, wives, get ready. Nevertheless, let every one of you in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she, she reverence her husband. Okay, wives, your husbands needs encouragement, support, and love. This is respect. If you want your husband to love you with the same kind of love that Christ loved, that Christ gave to his uh, church, then respect your, love, respect your husbands and love him. The old saying, you can, you can catch more flies with honey than vinegar. So it means be sweet to them. It's true. If you want your husband to change for the better, then first, Lift him up in your prayers. Encourage him. Support his efforts and love him even when he sleeps. You know, don't wake him up when he snores. <laughs> love him when, even when he sleeps. You know, you know sometimes it, it bothers you, right? Or when, when your partner sleeps and you can't sleep. All you hear is like, you know, the snores. So this is respect. Wives Make a resolution to love and respect your husband. And number three, okay, 
Make a resolution to raise your kids God's way. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, the Bible says, Only take heed to thyself, and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy son and thy son's son. And verse 10, especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me to the people together, and I will make them hear my, vo my words, that they may learn to fear me all, day, all the days that they shall live <coughs> upon the earth, and that thy way may that they that they thy may teach their children. Okay? This is very important for us as a parents. You know, do you realize that as a parents and grandparents, you are a steward of your children and grandchildren? You know, um, every time I I go to prayer or every time I pray, you know, whether I before I eat or before I wake up, I always include my only granddaughter with me. You know, I always pray for her. You know, and also, of course, I pray for my family. So the Lord's cautions to us is to be careful that we don't forget what God has done for us to make sure to pass down our faith to our children and to our grandchildren. So God has given its parents responsibility to train up their children in the, in the Lord. This cannot be passed on to someone else. You know, it is our responsibility as a parents. It is our responsibility as a grandparents. Do you remember when that wonderful baby was first placed in your arms? You remember that? Okay. How proud you were. How, how your heart swelled with joy. You were greatly moved and you said, God has good to me. God has good to me. You know, I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to be, um, to live in the right way and set the right example for him. But you haven't kept that promise. You know, you've, you've neglected to train that child rightly. You've sent them to Sunday school by themselves. You've sent them to church by themselves. They've never heard a prayer fall from your lips. They've never seen you read the Bible. You've never told them that you wanted them to be saved. You know, the, uh, the most prayerful that parents can have is to their children to be saved. You know, you see that God some plans for us children and expects cooperation from us. But for some of us, we are failing to, to do our job. Today is the day of the, that we change the trend. It is important for your kids to see you pray and read your Bible. It is important that your kids see that God is the number one priority in your life. It is important that we have our kids in our church and that we are there with them. That's why it says train up a child the way he should go. So that when he is old, he will not depart from it. Make sure you do the same thing. That's what you told them to do. So study once disclosed that if both mom and dad attend church regularly, 72% of their children remains faithful to church attendance. If only dad attends, 55% remains faithful. 
If only mom attends, 15%. That's very low. If neither attends regular, only six remains faithful. So this is, is statistics. It speaks of itself. It shows the impact of the parents on the children's are on their faith. A father once said to his son, Son, you better hurry up. Get ready. The bus will be here in a minute to pick you up and take you to Sunday school. You know, the boy asked, Dad, did you go to Sunday school when you were a boy? The father replied, yes, I did. The boy said, the boy said as he was getting dressed, it probably won't do me any good either. Isn't it sad? You know, that little boy was saying something about how much the church had made an impact on his father's life. That's the sermon that the kids remember that he wants to find out what's important from you as a parent. So parents, what is your priority? So what is more important to you? You know, we need to do what Proverbs 22, 6 says. Train up a child the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So we are to do our part to train up, to train up our children and grandchildren in the Lord. A man named Dan Highlander once said, as parents, we are working in partnership with God to bring our children from self-centered life to a God-centered and other-centered basis for life. Yes, parenting is not easy. It is hard. That's why we need God in our daily basis. You know, our goal is, you know, to produce responsible adults who are able to function independently of parents' authority, yet wholly submit to God. You know, God is everything. God is most number one important in our life. And my last point is, amen? Amen. amen. Make a resolution to forgive. Oh, boy, that is how hard. That as the song says, it's hard for me to say I'm sorry. You know, make a resolution to forgive. Have you forgiven someone, you know, when you say, Happy New Year, you know, and then, and then in your heart you have a hatred or a anger to that person. Have you said, have you whispered to his ears, I forgive you, you know, I love you, you know, in the name of the Lord. In Matthew 6, 14 to 15 says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not, Man, there's trespasses, neither will your father will forgive your trespasses. So listen to me, brethren, I forgive you. <laughs> so is there anyone in your life, is there anyone in your life that you can think of which you hold grudge against? Has someone done something wrong to you that you just cannot forgive? You know, every time you see that person, oh, ito na naman si Lino. Ah, na naman ako. Oh, ito na naman si, si so and so. You know, do you keep bringing up things that hurt you from the past? You know, Jesus tells us that we must forgive others for all wrongs that they have done to us. If God can forgive us no matter what we may have done, then we are to do the same to others. Not just forgive, but to forgive and Forget. Forgive and forget. Karanta ni Sharon Coneta yan, di ba? Sinong fans ni Sharon Coneta rito? Okay, never to be mentioned again. Okay? 
the Bible tells us that when we ask for forgiveness from God, He forgives and no longer remembers those sins anymore. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west. Have you, have you, know, have you noticed that the east and the west met already? Only in the basketball, right? In the thing, east and west, right? Doon lang sila nagmi-meet in the court. Okay? But never. So the east and the west never meets. Thus, God never remembers our sins again. We only have to ask forgiveness. Once forgiven, someone, so let's say that's a friend borrowed your car and wrecked in 10 years ago. And, you know, and you said that you forgive him. So let's say that he came to you again and asked to borrow your car. And you confront him about wrecking your car 10 years ago. Then you truly have forgiven him when you, when you say that again? Have you really forgiven him? To forgive is to forget, just as God forgives our sins and forgets them. So we are, na, we are to do the same to others. So this new year, let's make a resolution, truly forgive those to whom we hold grudges and remember their sin no more. I'm sorry I lied. I have one more point. Forgive me. I'm sorry. There's two more. <laughs> Forgive me one more time. So make a resolution to fulfill the Great Commission. All right. Okay, here we are. The Great Commission. In Matthew 28, 18 to 20, this is the Great Commission. And Jesus, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And I'll go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. So, have you been fulfilling your part as a Christian, the Great Commission? This wasn't just for the disciples, but it is also commanded for all believers. Take note of that, for all believers. We are to go out and tell others about love and saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, how many non-believers have you told about Jesus this past year? You know, you are saved today because someone told you the good news, isn't it, right? Someone told you the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. It may have been a pastor or Sunday school teacher, a family member, or a complete stranger, but someone told you about Christ. We are, we are all to tell others uh, about Christ. The harvest is great, especially in the neighborhood. You know, but the harv harvesters are few. So make a New Year resolution this year that you will tell your friends, that you will tell your neighbors, the different person about Christ every week. It will only take a few minutes out of your busy schedule. But the reward could be greater than anything that you have ever experienced. And the last one, promise, make a resolution to, uh, to give God what it is, okay? This, I've learned this to Pastor Sam. The three T's, okay? The three T's. First, the tithes, okay? Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 8. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. 
Every man according as he uh, proposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or, or, or of his necessity, but I mean, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Take note of that. God, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make it all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good works. So what is the purpose of tithing? What is the purpose of tithing? In Malachi 3.10, it says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heavens, okay, and pour you out the blessings that there shall be not, not be room enough to receive it. So it says they give to support the God, the, uh, to, to God and God's work. So we have a wonderful uh, God's work here in Bergen Bible Baptist Church. However, God's work is not limited to support our pastors and some other ministries. It is supporting evangelistic endeavor. It is supporting missionaries. It is supporting our teachings, Bible study leaders, discipleship studies. It is improving a place to worship. It is providing discipleship literature. It is providing vacation Bible school. This is also most uh, wonderful event in our church every summer for children and, and for all ages. You know, it's providing a uh, disciples, discipleship literatures. So now, the only way to build a constant purpose work for God is, um, is for God's people to consistent, disciplined, and regular in their giving. It cannot be hit or miss position. However, the ultimate purpose of tithes is to honor God. We can honor God in many ways. We can honor God through worship. We can honor God through our lifestyle. We can honor God with our love. We can honor God through prayer. We do not pick and choose how we will honor God. It becomes a lifestyle for us. You know, it becomes the desire of our hearts to honor him. So what type of attitude should you have? A cheerful one? A free giving one because we have to understand that the money we have, whether it's a lot or not, it is ours. It all, it's, I mean, it's not ours. It's all God's. He's only uh, loaning it to us. So you cannot say, my house is this, my house that. No. You know, you're just borrowing that from the bank. How much should I give? You know, there has been much discussion on how much money you should give to the tithes of the church and how calculated it. I believe, you know, many times it's been preached in this pulpit, many times again and again. I believe that we are to give the 10% of our first fruit of gross pay. But I am not here today to preach tithing, okay? It's just one of the topic, all right? The Bible tells us that the more that we give, the more we will receive. We all need our prayers about this. What we are to give to the church and give out to the heart because we want to glorify God with our gifts. You know, I'm not saying, you know, perfectly like this. I'm guilty about this also. If we give out obligation and not out of love, then our gift does not glorify God. 
and God cannot bless that. You know, and God cannot bless the gift or the giver. So what are the requirements for tithing? The first requirement is obedience. Problem is obedience is not always easy. Another critical requirement for tithing is that requires a trust. God has promised that he will bless us if we tithe. So when God's word tells us, whoever sows generously will also reap generously, you can believe it and trust God to bless you. So what you give from the heart, God will return more, much more. Make a New Year resolution. You know, you will pray and search your heart on what you need to be giving back to God. And another T here is talent. Okay. Kanina, nagtuturoan. Oh, you can sing. You know, you can give a special number. You know, you know <clears throat> in Romans 12, 6, 8, the Bible says, Having then gift differing according to the grace that is given us, whether prophesy, let us prophesy, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, and or he that exhorteth, or exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that sheweth mercy with cheerfulness. Now, church, the point is this. The point is that we all have been blessed by God with gifts and talents, and we are to choose how to use them. Right? Use them rightly or use them wrongfully. You know, to put them to choose by giving them back to God, to us in the setting that we are in. In other words, to surrender, to surrender all our to him because he is the vessel for him to use. If God has given you the gift, if God has given you the talent, talent to teach, then you need to be teaching somewhere in the church. You can be teaching in Sunday, men's Sunday school, ladies' Sunday school, the nursery, you know, wherever, whenever God will teach, uh, will call you. If you leave to serve, then you need to sign up for, um, to be a mission team, an hospitality team. So the list can go on and on. You know, there's, there's, there's always a vacant position in the church. Whatever gift or talent God has blessed you, we give, we give it back to him by using the very thing he has blessed you with it. So because if you don't, you are living in sin. The Bible says in James 4, 17, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, is what? To him it is a sin. So make a new year resolution that you use your gift and talents this year for God. And the last one here is time. Okay, we have what? We have tithes, talents, and time. Okay, in Matthew 5, <coughs> 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savior, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and, do, and to be trodden un, under the foot of man. Ye are the light of the world, he says. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under the bushel, but on a candlestick and give it light unto all, all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is 
in heaven. So God asked us as a Christian, as a believer, to be salt and light of the earth. But in order for that to be happened, that means you and I have to be willing to give our time. And to give God our time means that we are willing to be 100% completely committed to God, the Father. However, he, that, he, he said things as a lot, uh, lot of us having problem with commitment when it comes to Jesus. You know, that's true. You know, um, how long you've been a Christian? Do we have to, does, does a pastor need to call you, oh, Brother Robert, it's Wednesday today. Can you attend church? Oh, Brother Robert, it's Friday today. Can you attend um, Bible study? Oh, Brother Robert, it's Sunday. Can you attend church? You know, if you've been, if you're a Christian, if you're a faithful Christian for a long time, you know, you don't need to get to be reminded from our leaders that Wednesday, Friday, Saturday is God's, uh, God's time, you know. But Pastor Rabel didn't remind you that Saturday is a choir practice, right? Wala pa si Pastor Rabel don. So now, now, um, <clears throat> are you committed to him? Are you giving God your time? Are you giving him time in your little by reading your Bible, praying, be obedient? Are you giving time in the church? In other words, are you serving him somewhere? If not, you know, you need to get involved. You know, I'm not saying, you know, um, <clears throat> Uh, I'm, I'm not trying to say that uh, go, uh, not getting involved in the church is uh, it's a good thing. I've always said that people have no right to complain about what's going on in the church until they've started serving. So for those that want to say, I don't like the way you do or the way they do, you know, my answer to that would be, I like the way I did it better than the way you did not do it. I like the way they did it better than the way you did not do it. So if you think you can add something to one of our ministries and make it better, then get involved and give your time to God, 100%. Make a new year resolution that you will give time to God this year. You know, the best, the best thing to start with God when you wake up in the morning, is to pray. You know, that's very powerful. You know, some people, it's hard to pray. No, it's not. It's just like talking to your wife or talking to your um, dad or mom. You know, this, this is like, it's a privilege talking to our Heavenly Father early in the morning. You know, and, and in, my, in my closing, if you are here today and don't know this Jesus that we have been talking about tonight, you know, you, you need to know him. You need to know this. In John 3, 16 to 18, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believe, believeth not, is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So God loves you. God loves every one of us. 
There isn't anything that you have done that God will not forgive. Nothing. He created you and me. He wants, he wants you and me to have fellowship with him day in and day out of our life. But you must accept his one and only son as your savior. You have to change your life first. God will help you with that. This is what you have to do. In Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, that if thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we ponder about this message. You know, um, <clears throat> God wants us to give our life to him this year if we haven't done our best to him yet. You know, God wants us to be committed in all God's work. You know, be honest. If you don't intend to keep them on your, your New Year's resolution, don't make them. Search your heart and tell God if your commitment to him is, is seriously true. It's from the bottom of your heart. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, God is calling you to make that commitment today. And our viewers, you know, come now. We don't know when our lives will end. But it's true, Jesus is coming again. You know, are you ready when that time? You may not have another chance to accept eternal life in heaven with God. But come now and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. You know, if you want to accept Jesus Christ, you know, you can, you can, uh, you can have this prayer. You know, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and do believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Here and now, I trust you as my personal Savior and depend on you to take me to heaven. Now help me to live for you and be a faithful Christian. Amen. If you utter this prayer, I believe that you have been saved. In order for you to grow as a Christian, continue to live by the word of God. Read the Bible. This is our food of our spirit. You know, and we thank you for your, for your um, faithfulness to him. Let us pray. Our dear God, loving Father, Lord, once again, I thank you, Lord, for using me tonight once again to, um, to expand your word. And I pray, Lord, that uh, you will use us, Lord, as an instrument in this world. Use us as a salt, Lord, and that they may see Jesus Christ in our life and so that they may trust in him also. Lord, whatever um, things that we are not, um, uh, that we are not uh, really committed in our life, I pray, Father, Lord, that uh, help us, Lord, to be fully committed, O oh Lord. Give our life, give our time. Because we know, Father, you have given your everything to us in order for us to be uh, to escape the hell to uh, and and give um, and bring us, Lord, in a life eternal. Lord, once again, Lord, as we continue, Lord, in uh, to face this 2000 and in in this new year, Lord, I pray, Lord, that our, everything we do, every word we say, 
wherever we go, Lord, it always be according to your will. Lord, change our heart, change our life, oh God. And we ask, Lord, forgiveness for everything that we have done. And guide us as we depart from this place. May your troubling mercy be upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So. <clears throat>